0: This episode of the DGMG podcast, that's my podcast, is brought to you by Oribi, O-R-I-B-I, O-R-I-B-I, Oribi. Here's the cool thing about them advertising on this podcast, by the way. Just a quick note. It's working. So a bunch of people actually went and used Arebi and signed up and started having success with the product. So they came back and they were like, Dave, can we keep sponsoring your podcast? And I said, yes. It's always great when it works out that way. And Aribi is awesome because they are providing an alternative, finally an alternative to Google Analytics. And it's the alternative that a lot of people have been waiting for. I talk to a lot of marketers and Google Analytics is one of those things that you love it or hate it. And so if you're in that other camp or just looking for something new, you should go and check out Aribi. They have customers like Sony, Audi, Panasonic, and Pizza Hut. And it's great because once you connect Aribi to your website, you can really quickly analyze what's going on and see how people engage, not just with a form on your website, but with everything. CTAs, forms, pop-ups, images, videos, landing pages, and it works across all the domains that you have. And you can even see specifically what is leading to conversions, and marketing is ultimately just a game of let's go do more of what's working, so Aribi can help show you that. And the best part is it happens all automatically, right? You're busy, I'm busy, Using a is like having a marketing analyst on your team working 24 hours a day that can give you what you need on demand. And whether you have a new campaign running, new ad creative, new landing page, there's so many things that we are testing and wanna be measuring daily. And it's really easy to do that with Aribi. Even if it's something like you just shipped a new pillar piece of content that the team has been working on for months and you wanna know how that content is impacting conversion, you can do that. Just log into Aribi, you'll learn how people are interacting with all of your marketing. And in no time, you'll get better at prioritizing what's working. And so you can throw out what's not and double down on the stuff that actually is having an impact. Plus, it's super simple to set up. They've got great customer service and tech support in case you need any help. And if you're like me, I'm sending a million questions in to customer support, but maybe that's just me. You can check them out at oribi.io. That's O-R-I-B-I dot I-O. And if you do oribi.io slash D-G-M-G and you sign up through that link, you'll get 20% off any plan or punch in the promo code D-G-M-G. You'll get 20% off any plan or O-R-I-B-I dot I-O. Check them out and say bye-bye to Google Analytics. This episode is also brought to you by my friends at Lemon Pie. They're the ones who produce this show for me. They're awesome at what they do, and I can't recommend their work enough. They make it super easy for me, and I know that they can help you too if you want to launch a podcast strategy for your brand. Check them out at www.lemonpie.fm and tell them I sent you. That's www.lemonpie.fm. Tell them that I sent you. All right, let's get into this episode. Hey, on this episode of the DGMG Podcast, I'm taking your questions. This is a special mailbag episode. So everybody, hello. How are you doing? I posted something in the DGMG community a couple weeks ago asking for questions, thought it would be... to just do some listener mailbag marketing type questions and thought we'd hop in. So the first question is, I got this from Aaron. And by the way, if you want to send me future questions, you can send them to questions at davegerhart.com. Aaron says, one thing I really struggle with is making content for executives and decision makers Versus making content for lower level people who are in the trenches. If I had to answer who ultimately buys the product, it would of course be the more senior people. However, I still think there's value in targeting more junior people because they can be decision influencers sometimes. Yes, you're right. I feel like there's such a big gap between those two groups' interests so the same content won't be a fit for both. In a resource-constrained environment, how do you create content? So basically, it sounds like, Aaron, you're asking for how do you create content So, first of all, in the first part, you're right in your thinking, which is yes, A, you can't create content for one. You need to create content for all of the people that will come in touch with your brand, with your business, with your product. And so that could mean the CFO, but also the finance team, but also the engineers. You know, you have to weigh out. Like, I think one exercise would be you sitting down and mapping out what are the personas. For your business. And I know some people have a love hate relationship with personas, but really what I just mean is like, who are the two or three people, or maybe it's five or a hundred, who knows? How many people are involved in the buying decision and who do you need to market to? Because yes, you might think that, but do you need to market to all those audiences? And so, first, I would say, hey, who are the two or three audiences that we're gonna market to? And then to answer your question, you said it's an obvious answer, I could be overthinking this. And I think the answer is, you can't just be creating content, your content should be persona based. And so I would push you to say, everything that you're putting out, okay, on Monday, we're putting out this article, I would say, who's this article for? Okay, it's for this person, great. And so you need to be able to point to each piece of content, like, which audience is that for, and you have to be able to articulate that. And then I would just start looking day to day, week to week, month to month, just do an audit of how much content are you publishing for each one of those personas? And does that match what you need to be publishing, right? So if you're over indexing for executive level content, but what you really need is the in the weeds content, you should be able to look at that. And so I would just do an audit. And so I've had to do this at every company at Privy. I've seen this at Drift. I've seen this. There's rarely one audience that you're making content for. It's usually a couple different personas. And so you need to be able to do two things. Number one, make content that's going to appeal to everyone. And that's, I found that like the executive level content, the the lower level air quotes as you're using it here, people, they're also reading that. That's interesting to them. It's just at a different level. And so I think at some level, it's being able to make just great content overall that can appeal to all audiences. But on the other hand, being specific about which content you're creating and who are you creating that for. So the short answer is, yes, you need to have personas for your content. Sarah's question is about working with your org subject matter experts. She said, to me, the magic of content is knowing how to work with subject matter experts to get the heart of your customer client needs and delivering on that through various marketing strategies and and, and tactics. But I found that the tricky part is helping subject matter experts understand what you need so you don't have much to work with. How do you recommend keeping in touch with them to get their input on what's top of mind for clients, regular meetings, committee, no one-on-ones, a set of questions you ask on a regular basis? How do you get the client-facing intel from your internal experts so that you can build a marketing plan that meets their needs? So my first answer would be, do you need them at all? And so if this is a world where like they're on calls all the time, I would go and get a product like Gong or even just get Zoom recordings of those calls. And you can basically be on any customer-facing call today. And so I would just create a system where like you can listen to the same things that they're listening to and the conversations that they're on. It's why I love having the CEO, for example, have a podcast because if the CEO can just have a podcast, all of her thoughts are out there in the world, and then I can just take those and like ghostwrite for her, similar with subject matter experts can you either have their calls recorded or i would say the easiest thing is look nobody's going to very few people are going to proactively send you things or proactively put them up on a wiki that's a relationship that you have to build to over time i've found that they have to want to share you that to share that stuff with you and when they want to do it the reason why is because they've seen that it's valuable for them that it helps build their brand helps get their message out and so it's similar to a ceo where hey, I want to help you do marketing once we actually work together and they see how easy that was. And holy cow, a bunch of people picked up that thing that I wrote or it got a bunch of comments on Twitter. Let's go do more of that. I think you want to create that type of relationship. And so the other thing that I love in addition to recording calls is having a regular meeting. Let's say it's 30 minutes a week where you're not asking them to do anything other than show up. It's a Zoom call or it's in-person meeting, but you're recording it. Hey, you're gonna show up at this meeting. It's 9.30 every Friday and I'm gonna interview you. I'm gonna be prepared. You don't have to do anything and I'm gonna just use that time and we're gonna record it. And so I would leave, basically then I have 30 minutes of audio recorded content every single week that I could then listen to and expand on and ghostwrite for. And so I I would use like the audio ghostwriting play. And then when they see that you actually do something with it, so let's say you take something and create it out out of something that they said and that becomes an article on the company blog and it becomes like the most shared post that you've ever had. Then they're gonna be like, hey, shoot, I should go work more with Sarah. Sarah, let's go again. What's our next article gonna be? And so I would like uh, try to get a winner, some early wins like that. That's been a playbook that I, I've liked. Audio is amazing for that reason. Hey, real quick, I just wanna plug the DGMG community. You can go and join it right from my website, DaveGearhart.com. By the way, if you haven't been there, DaveGearhart.com, you'll have all the links. That's how you can go join. But DGMG, the community, it's my members-only B2B marketing community. In the last year, it's grown to over 2,500 members. And it's incredible because it's like having a sounding board outside of your company, which is so valuable as a marketer. So inside of the group, people are getting feedback, they're getting recommendations on tools, they're getting campaign ideas there. Sometimes people even message me to post anonymous questions about salary and hiring and interviewing. And I'm in the group every single day, like sharing my own stuff too. There's 10 to 12 new posts every day. If you join, you can go all the way back as far as the group goes to see all of the content from the last year. And I don't want to oversell it, but I know that you'll see our. Why from it instantly? It's ten dollars a month to join. You can cancel at any time. So there's really no risk. And you kind of you can always DM me and tell me if you thought it was a fraud. So it's ten dollars a month to join. There's twenty five hundred members in there. It's become an incredibly valuable part of my workflow as a marketer, and I know it will for you too. So you can go and sign up at DaveGerhart.com. There's a link you'll see over there to join the DGMG community. All right, let's get back to this episode. Okay, this question is from Andrew. Andrew's asking, it's a long email. (laughs) Andrew's saying he's joining a company as the first marketing hire and the role would wear all hats in marketing and there'd be one sales rep hired after him. The company has a website and nothing else. They have two and a half million dollars of inventory and they have to buy more in August. There's no marketing automation. There's no content. There's no sales. There's no collateral. There's nothing literally legitimately from ground zero. How do you map out your 30, 60, 90 for this role? And what would you think of doing for some quick wins? It's an incredible opt to build something from this, from scratch. I think it does sound awesome. So this is hard because in a world where you can do a million things, you can be like, we need a brand, we need a story, we need to messaging, we need positioning, we need cl- all this. I would just zero in on customers. <laughs> Zero in on customers. So you've never done marketing before. My very first thing would be, okay, how can I get, and it sounds like there's gonna be meetings in this. You wanna drive sales meetings? How can I book the first sales meeting? What can I do? Hmm, okay, work backwards from there. Is it gonna be manual outreach to LinkedIn? Does the CEO have connections? Or like maybe you don't even have what you're trying to drive them to yet. You don't even have collateral for the meeting. And so the first thing has to be, I'm going to make the deck. Like It's much easier if you just work backwards from customers. And I would focus on getting your first one, two, three customers from actually focused marketing. And that means we're doing targeted outreach, whether that's on LinkedIn or email or hitting up our CEO's network. It doesn't matter what you're doing right now. You need to do something, track it, measure it, tweak it, do it again, keep working. So like, you don't need to think about the website right now. You need to be thinking about how can I get sales meetings and then where does that fit? And then as you're learning, by the way, as you're learning what you're doing for outreach to sales meetings, you're gonna to start to learn more about the business. You're gonna go dive right in the deep end and try to get customers. And so you're gonna know about your customers. You're gonna know about their pain. You're gonna know about what your product is lacking and why they're not buying. And so you'll be in a better position to then work on the website in week two, three, four, five. And so I think a 30, 60, 90 is almost too long for this. I think you need to like shrink your learning because it's tough to say what you're going to be working on next month because you haven't gotten started on anything yet. And so I would focus now on like, there's probably two tracks. There's the number one track is getting things going like manual hand to hand to start to try to get sales meetings and figure out what tactics, what messaging is driving those things. Cause it's important. You got to learn here, right? You could go and do outreach to a hundred companies. No one responds. You got to figure out what was wrong. Was it my list or was it my message? Okay, let's tweak the message. Now we'll go out again. So, you got to do all that, man, like hand to hand stuff. And then that track two is probably like the plumbing. I would make sure that the plumbing and attribution kind of marketing stack is set up, even if that means your website is dead simple, one page website. But, like, to get the website, email, landing page, attribution stuff, just get that set up now while you can. And then you're building on top of the foundation. And then yeah, probably over time, after a couple of weeks, you do need a website, stuff to exist as a business. If you don't have a website, then I would start with the website because the website is going to drive what content do we need? What story do we want to tell? Who are we marketing to? What are the segments? What are the messages? That's all going to that all needs to be there, but you won't be able to know that unless you're doing the initial outreach. So I would get right in the weeds and say, I'm going to partner up with this salesperson. Early days at Drift, it was me and a sales rep. Kevin Karner literally sat next to each other. I would do a marketing campaign. He would tell me if the leads were any good because he got meetings or not. And we would literally tweak. Okay, what do you need? Oh, They're not buying because we don't have this. That's good feedback for the product team. Like This is the level that you have to be involved with in right now. So I would start hand-to-hand, one-to-one, and I would make my 30, 60, 90, I would actually say, I would do one here, which is like, what am I gonna do my first day? What do I wanna get done by my first week? And what do I wanna get done by the end of my first month? And by the end of my first month would be when I would say, after that, I will deliver my three-month plan and strategy. And then you can think a little bit longer term. Okay, see you, Andy. Next question is from Mike. Mike, what's going on, Mike? Mike says some nice words about DGMG. I appreciate you. Okay, what advice or recommendations or interview prep do you have for someone who's been in a marketing-adjacent role their whole career and looking to transition into a full-time marketing role? I've been able to get interviews based on being explicit about my relevant experience on my resume, but I think I'm coming up short when it comes to having enough examples that I can point to. Okay, this is awesome. Mike, congrats. Hopefully you have a long career in marketing ahead of you, but So you want to make the jump into marketing, but don't have enough like on paper experience or examples to point to. I think there's two ways that you can win somebody over in this scenario. Number one is you can present your thoughts. You can present here. Look, I haven't be upfront about I haven't done these things. I haven't had a chance to do it, but... I have some thoughts on how things should be run, right? You are a New England Patriots fan. You haven't played on the team, but you have some thoughts about decisions they should make as an organization. So what are they, right? Because ultimately, someone's not always necessarily looking for the experience. They're looking for how you think about marketing. And so I don't always care about whether you've done marketing before. Actually, to be even more frank, who cares? Whether you've done marketing before or not, Let's talk about this specific thing you're working on. If somebody called me right now and said, hey, Dave, here is a three-month plan for DGMG. Here's 10 things I think you should be doing. I'm going to react to that and be like, holy shit, this is really good. Okay, can this person help me? I'm not going to be like, well, first, let me look at your resume and see what's on it. So I would say, look, I haven't done this. But give me some data, give me some things about the business, like some insider info, probably have to sign an NDA, and let me take a crack on what I think would be the marketing plan. And I think by that plan, I'd be able to at least see how you think. There's obviously gonna be some things right or wrong in there, but you could at least have an opinion. And my guess is if you're wanting to make a jump into marketing as a career, you've probably are, you have some thoughts about marketing. Like, why are you jumping to transition into that career path? That means you're someone who's been thinking about marketing. Use that, use those powers to apply them to this interview process. And right or wrong, it's not about being it's not about having the perfect plan. It's about showing demonstrating how you might think about marketing. The other thing you could do is, you know, what if you started a blog like start an Instagram account or a blog or a YouTube channel or a podcast? and call it like moving into marketing and document your journey to move into marketing or have a blog about marketing where you share your thoughts. I think that's a really underrated thing in the hiring process, which is like, let's say you are a product marketer at a company. The way you can build your own, you know, show your own stuff is by writing, like you might be a more junior level product marketing person and you can't really make a lot, you don't have your hands on a lot of the controls at the big company, Well, you can be blogging or writing a newsletter or something or having a a LinkedIn account or Twitter account where you talk about product marketing. Here's what you're learning. Here's what you think. You're breaking down other people's product marketing. Here's a product launch somebody did. You're breaking that down. That's all stuff you can basically be creating on your own that's showing me, huh, I really like how this person thinks about content. I remember being at, I worked at HubSpot back in the day. And I think it was right around the time that that uh, Matthew Barbie had joined. And he had an awesome blog about SEO at the time. And maybe he still does. And I remember they were like, oh, we're hiring this guy. And I read his blog. And I was like, I know from this blog that this person is super smart because of their sharing their thoughts. And I just thought that was like, wow, here's an example of a candidate like standing out in the process because yes, they have achieved results for companies or work inside of a company, but here's clearly how they think. And so in this example, Mike, like I would create something that I would have something that you could put out there where you're regularly sharing your marketing thoughts, share thoughts about Venmo's, Venmo's play this week, or interesting things that are happening in the marketing space. You can talk about all that stuff. And I think that sets you out apart in the interview process separate from you're trying to transition into marketing from a career perspective. I would like to share that whole story and share your marketing learnings. So yeah, okay, cool. So this was a quick mailbag episode. I hope it was interesting. I hope it was helpful. Send me any future questions, questions at com. And as always, I won't be mad if you leave me a good review for the podcast. All right, see ya. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the DGMG Podcast. If you learned anything new from this episode or got one valuable piece of marketing knowledge, it'd make my day to leave a review. I like to look at them. I like to see what people are thinking and hear about. Or if you didn't like it, leave me some feedback. Otherwise, I will talk to you on the next episode. See ya.